You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm recording this from my living room, so if it sounds a little different, I just wanted to be straightforward and honest about that. As I think I've mentioned on the show, I'm in the process of moving to a new home. Everything's a little chaotic right now. Uh, Anyone who's gone through the process, I'm sure you understand that uh, things get moved, stuff is getting uh, moved about, and sometimes you just have to make do. Uh, I also wanted to tell people this week, I am hoping to finally have the time to sit down and, uh, you know, I did the interview with my father. I have that on my phone. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, I was in town back over the 4th. We, uh, you know, everyone's been good about their bubbles, so we are able to, to visit and see each other. And with my father, I was able to talk with him and uh, you know, he doesn't always listen to the show. He's not the best with technology, so I don't want to put this much of a thing in front of his. But, you know, if you are an everyday listener, if you are catching this show every day, you'll notice that there is some times where he has some word replacement and things like that. But all in all, for someone who had a, you know, a massive stroke a few months ago, I think it's a, an uplifting interview to hear just in regards of, uh, I, I think he's doing quite well. But, Outside of all the personal, I feel like, you know, if you listen to the pod, you've probably gotten to know me over the years, and personal is always, uh, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, but uh, I hope you are all doing well And what has continued to just be a haymaker of a year for all of us, it feels like. So let's talk some Indians. Um, we talked about Tanner Burns on Friday's show, so let's just start there. Uh, he signed for $1.6 million, which is significantly under slot. It's interesting, because I thought uh, I heard from a lot of people who thought he might end up costing over slot. Uh, 1.6 was, you know, 400000 under the slot value. Now, this is a concern for me. And I'll just dig into it now. The Indian slot this year was $7,662,800. They spent $7,390,000. It's the first time since we have entered this hard slotting system, the Indians did not go over. This is the first time they did not... You know, last year, I think they went exactly, you know, they took the maximum they could go. They were a dollar short of losing a first rounder last year. And that's what's allowed them to have some really spectacular drafts over the years to build up a team that, you know, is one of the top minor league systems by just about everyone's regard in baseball is having that extra ability. And remember, this year's draft, none of these players can get more than $100,000 this year. They'll get half of their money or, you know, basically with the equivalent of half of their money at next year's draft and then they get the other half in two years so yes the indians are having some financial hardships right now i I have no doubt about that my bigger concern is that they're pinching pennies on future money already that we're seeing a team that for the first time ever you know maybe these are just the guys they like too it's a short draft you know we don't want to take too much out of it if this was just who they liked and they got them there at these values great but I find it hard to believe for a team that has been so thorough uh, to the, you know, like I said, to the dollar a year ago that there wasn't maybe a player or two more they could have gotten or worked the system. Uh, again, I, I like their picks. Maybe in a six-man draft, it's just something that happens. We'll have to see going forward. But again, my concern is just ever since Sherman left to go be the owner of the Royals, we have seen this team every year spending less, cutting corners, and they already did not have a big margin of error. This was not a high-spending team to begin with. And basically, since they lost that minority ownership, it has just gotten smaller and smaller. 
We know that this year is going to cause money concerns for many teams. I guarantee Dolan was one of the owners who said, maybe we'd be better off with no baseball at all. Uh, I think that is very possible. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. This could be a harbinger of nothing. could be me making a, you know, a mountain out of a molehill, or it could be a sign. We'll have to see. All in all, again, it's a really fun draft class. They got a lot of players I liked. They got three guys from my top 51 and another guy who barely missed. Then the two guys who weren't really in contention for that, uh, Milan Tolentino, I didn't get a huge chance to dive deep on prep guys this year. I'll just be honest. But comes from a baseball family. Older brother played in the system. Talking with my buddy Taylor Blake Ward, who you know has California covered and does Locked On Angels. Uh, he loved him. Great kid. Really great upside. Perfect Indians guy. And Mason Hickman is that guy who was dominant with mediocre stuff in college. Now sometimes that doesn't turn into anything. But if you were the Cleveland Indians and you know what a pitcher is and you know what they do and you can develop them and we know they do, there's a chance you find more in Hickman. And if you find more in Hickman, he could be the best pick of this draft. He could be the steal of the draft because you're spending a low amount of money compared to a lot of other players. You're getting him extremely late, pick 154. And you're getting a guy who can, he's a pitcher. If you can find more in him, it's going to be a fantastic pick. And I want to talk about that to kind of roll into um, Justin Lotto, another great guy in this community. He writes over at uh, Indians Baseball Insider, and he posted a clip of an interview with Scott Moss before Scott Moss got sent to the Lake County camp. And it was interesting because in that, uh, he talks about the difference between the Reds and the Indians. Now, the Reds major league staff made a huge change last year when they they changed their pitching coach and they brought in the driveline guys at the end of the 2019 season to start working in their minors but their minor leagues were awful i mean if you've been an avid avid listener to the show uh you've heard me talk about this before you might be tired of hearing me talk about how bad the reds were but this is not the first guy we've heard this from um you know, Mad Thinker, Mike Bobel, sent me the email. And yes, uh, I would probably not prefer to be in Wisconsin as a teacher long term. I think it's a great state, but I, I'm very happy to buy a house and stay here. It's, it's a great state. Again, my only knock is as a teacher that uh, it is an ununion allowed state. Uh, weirdly got into politics, but I was responding to his email message to me. And he also sent me that video because he remembered this is something I've talked about multiple times on the podcast. But Moss talked about he came in and he said, I'm a visual guy. And they put a binder in front of me and said, this is you as a pitcher. And he could go through and it had pictures and it had all this great information. And he talked about, you know, things like spin rate and stuff like that, that he just couldn't get. They put it in a way for him to understood, to understand. They showed him exactly who he was as a pitcher and they helped him find more. And they're going to work with him and show him how he can get better. And he talked about just the difference in the analytics and the approach that, you know, it was very clear that A, he was impressed, and B, it was helpful. And this is what we've heard with when Mike Clevenger came from the Angels. It's what we heard when Kyle Dowdy came from the Tigers. Uh, it's what we heard, maybe not as big of a name as the other guys, Jake Paulson won the Eastern League ERA title two years ago after the Reds let him go, uh, gave up on him, and the Indians liked the lefty enough to give him an opportunity. And didn't go as strongly in 2019, but uh, he came in and was really impressed with what the Indians do. 
what they do in development and what they do with pitching, and again, this is where you get excited about a Mason Hickman, because Vandy's overall development has been so weak of late. They Their top pitching prospects aren't developing the way we'd expect them to. Their big recruits aren't always coming together. Yes, Kumar Rocker is a machine and is fantastic, but how much of that is them and how much was, you know, this was the guy who at one point in time was viewed as a 1-1 candidate for the draft. And because there were so many arms, he slid and then just kind of proved that he is exactly who we thought he was. You know, this big behemoth uh, pitcher with fantastic bloodlines and performance and fastball. Whereas, you know, I talked about Chandler Day from Ohio and some other players like that, that it just hasn't come together in the time of Vandy. Like Mason Hickman is not your traditional Friday starter for Vanderbilt. He's not. Like they've been out there typically with guys with big arms and big stuff, yet he held down that position for two years because of A, his performance, but B, because the, you know, Rocker was number two. There wasn't really a whole well of guys behind them. Uh, was it Nicholson? No, Hugh Fisher was the lefty who at one point in time, like I thought could be a first rounder for them, but, you know, it didn't come together for him either uh, this past year. So just something to keep in mind, something to judge that, you know, you hear Scott Moss and again, Justin Lada, JL Baseball on Twitter, you know, go through his tweets if you want to see the video. It's, it's worth watching and to hear Scott Moss's statement. But for anyone who follows this team and has followed this podcast, that shouldn't be a surprise. And that is also then to go back to the draft stuff. That is why someone like Mason Hickman, I am extra excited to see what they can do with. Because he is exactly the type of guy that they should have success with. To a degree, I'm more excited about Hickman than Burns. Because Burns, you know, he's got the cross body and he's kind of physically maxed out. He's not a big guy, good control and stuff like that. Strong pitcher in the SEC, but Mason Hickman is bigger and was better in the SEC and with less stuff. So if you can find, he has the just a body that screams there should be more velocity and such. And if they can find it, uh, he could end up being the bigger name pitcher in this class. It's, you know, it's not likely. I'm not saying he's the better pitcher. He's not. You know, Burns was in my top 40. Hickman would have been like back end of my top 100. But at the end of the day... I like the valuation. You get one guy for, at 154, you get one at 32. You're getting one for 1. 1.6, you're getting one for 340,000. Uh, that's why it's a fun class. And that is why, you know, just to tie this all together, man, Indians pitching development, that is probably their greatest weapon. And they took three bats, they took three pitchers. All three pitchers fit that model perfectly. And I'll just keep harping on it because that is where they have found success. Uh, they took a lot of high ceiling arms, prep arms. We really have not seen the Indians have any success with those types uh, over the years. We're hoping that some of these recent first-round picks will break that, but they have not. Uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie still hasn't made it, and he was kind of the, the big hope. Uh, I mean, Danny Salazar is the closest guy we've seen to someone with kind of that high-ceiling youth build that they've had success with. So we will see, but I love what they did with those college arms who fit exactly what they do so well. Okay, this is always exciting for me because it's a great thing for our network. It's a great thing for this podcast. We have a new sponsor. And again, new sponsors are the lifeblood of this show. Our new sponsor is CBMD. So their website is very easy, cbmd.com. And they have two products to, to really check out that are kind of their, you know, these are their marquee items. These are their star players, as it were. These are their Lindor and Jose Ramirez there's the CBD Freeze with Menthol, and it's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And there's CBD Recovery, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica, sorry about that, and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And 
because they're a fantastic sponsor, they're giving you 25% off your next order. And this is what makes them an even more fantastic sponsor, that when you go to cbmd.com, it's not just the 25% off, but they're using specifically the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. This gives our MLB side of things a chance to really shine uh, with the sponsors and with you know just our ability to go out and get new sponsors. So you're going to go to cbmd.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB, get 25% off your order. You can get all of their superior CBD oil products with 25% off. If you're someone that already uses products like that, here's a chance to save more money. Shop and compare. But it's going to be hard for anyone to beat that 25% off deal. So go there right now. Get the products that if you already use them, if it's something you've considered using and you want to try it out, cbmd.com. So let's talk about uh, a few other things on today's show today. I want to talk about we've had a few more players who, and I realize I've been saying I want to talk about a bunch, who got reassigned. So let's talk about players who were reassigned to the minor league camp. We talked about Anthony Ghost. We talked about Scott Moss. We had not talked about a few guys, though. Logan Allen. Uh, not the draft pick, Logan Allen, OG, OG uh, LA. Is that how we can refer to him for now, OG LA? Uh, that might get more confusing. Who knows? Jake Elmore, the recently signed utility player, and Jeffrey Rodriguez, who was the other part of the Jan Gomes deal a year ago, who got you know quite a few starts and time working on the pen with the Indians last year. Uh, Rodriguez had a back injury, and he wasn't able to get proper treatment because of the COVID situation and all that was going on in the world. So when he arrived to camp, he immediately, the Indians started treating that injury. This is straight from a piece Mandy Bell wrote. She is MLB's Indians beat writer. So that's why I go to her often for these sources. And he just hasn't been able to get himself fully healthy. He's thrown a few bullpens. So that makes sense that he didn't get quite the run as some of the other guys and that he is already down um, in Lake County. You would have thought that if he was fully healthy, that he probably would still be there. Uh, That each, for him in particular, that he had probably shown enough to get that opportunity. So seeing him sent down with a lot of players who aren't as proven might have raised some red flags. So I just want to talk about the fact that, you know, this is more about uh, getting him healthy, getting him reps. And, you know, they're going to need a lot of starters this year. He will get an opportunity at some point uh, sooner rather than later. And now we're, you know, getting closer and closer to that 30-man. So let's talk about the names that maybe aren't the traditional ones you hear about. Some guys who seem like they stand a decent chance of making this roster. That might seem like a bit of a surprise. Uh, Cam Hill, the reliever, who, again, is someone we've been talking about at length. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of the of his going back to when they signed him. I thought he was an interesting pick. I've talked about him through the years, spending time in Akron. There's been a lot of signs that the Indians are big fans of Cannon Hill and just kind of waiting for it to all be put together. Terry Francona has said some very positive things in camp about him. He seems to maybe have, you know, the pen seems pretty set. We know that Hand and Whitgren, Perez and Simber, Karen Schock, and then you got kind of that three group of Wood, Hoyt and and Phil Maton. I think those are kind of your eight, and the Indians are very likely to carry eight relievers. If they carry a ninth, I think that's shaping up more and more to be Cam Hill at this point. We will see going forward if someone else can sneak in, if they decide to carry. I think they're going to carry eight for sure at the start. Uh, it could even go higher. We'll have to see if they run a five- or six-man rotation because that is also going to have a big effect. But Cam Hill is kind of that first name of... Uh, Guys who, you know, could make their debut, uh, maybe not to, to be expected. Now, this isn't someone who's making their debut, but credit to, 
to you know uh, Tyler Naquin that he is back already. That is such a quick recovery for him. Uh, I did not expect him. You know, it's, to me in my mind, I was already like, that's a full year recovery when a player gets hurt like that. That he should have still been out. He's going to be back. He's going to get a chance to uh, platoon early on. Uh, he is. You know, he's already playing for the team uh, after tearing his ACL. It's kind of crazy that he's back so quickly. And honestly, you go back and you look with all the outfielders the Indians have drafted, uh, I'm laughing because, you know, it's like all those first-round picks, guys like Zimmer and Frazier, and you have Naquin, and even Quentin Holmes wasn't a first-rounder, but he was their top selection in that draft. Uh, That Naquin is the guy who's been the most successful, um, arguably, amongst that group, and I think you can make a strong argument for that. Uh, not what I expected, but uh, I, he just keeps doing the unexpected. We'll have to see. You know, consistency has never been his thing. He has not been able to to be there consistently. He's had some really hot streaks. He's been up. He's been down. He is an an interesting player for a lot of reasons. And yeah, I just I don't know what to make of this outfield in general. We'll have to see with Luplo's injury. You know, he may not even start the year with the team because he hasn't been able to stick around. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be crazy, let's just put it that way, because you still got guys like Daniel Johnson who are going to be up at some point, Greg Allen, Bradley Zimmer. I don't hear a lot of talk about Bowers. What do you do with him? It's you know It, it seems that Santana, Reyes, Mercado, and Naquin are your set pieces, and then we'll kind of see from there, depending on health. The other spot is just that utility spot. I think Freeman, as I've talked about, being the lefty is 100% safe. So it comes down to Arroyo versus Chang. So we'll have to see who gets that final spot. I think it should be Chang because I think he can play uh, shortstop better in Arroyo. Arroyo was moved to third base for a reason. He can handle multiple spots defensively better than Christian Arroyo. So we will have to wait and see. That is just my opinion at this point in time. But with those changes to the roster with some players being sent down we're you know getting closer and closer to seeing what this team is going to look like we're getting closer to actual real baseball i still have a hard time getting too excited for minor league or not minor league inner scrimmage games that has always been me when it comes to exhibition i just you know is anyone else out there like really excited just for any baseball in any form i'm kind of curious to hear from those of you out there who are or are you kind of like me where it's like yeah i'll watch a little bit of these inner you know, these games against Pittsburgh or where they're facing uh, inner squad stuff. But I, I never watched spring training baseball to begin with. I just, I, I never been something that motivated me. So be curious, like, if you are someone who likes it, why do you like it? Is it just because you're so happy to have any baseball? Um, or is there something else? Uh, if you're like me and you're just waiting for the games to start, what is it that you want to hear me talk about and do on the show as we stick with the five day a week model? Because we are back. Baseball's back. So. That is Monday's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have been Jeff Ellis. You've been the same fantastic crowd, as always, who have been listening and helping this show grow and thrive. And, as always, go Tribe.